Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. When Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James and John, James's brother. They came into the leader's house and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They started laughing at him but he put them all outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. And he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kamom, which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. And at this they were utterly astounded. Then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this, and he said they should be give, she should be given something to eat. You know, that is a really exciting day in the life of Jesus. <laughs> and I, when I read that story, the first thing that struck me was is that the Gospels are over, the ministry of Jesus over three years is in four Gospels, but this actually shows a timeline. It actually shows that Jesus was going somewhere, something else happened, and he went and he fulfilled a miracle. And he was a man on a mission. He had a mission from God. And uh, I did watch that film last week about the mission from God, the Blues Brothers. And I just thought it was so funny because they kept saying, we're on a mission from God. And yet we, all, we are on a mission from God. And although it was an exciting day, it shows the helplessness and despair of man meeting with God. And that is mission mode. That is mission mode. That is when we, as God's people, meet the helplessness and despair of men because we have an answer for them. And that is where we need to be, in mission mode. The first thing I want to say is that, let's just go back to verse 23. And kept begging him, my little daughter is at death's door. Come and lay your hands on her so she can get well. The man knew where to come. He knew where to come. He didn't know how, but he had heard that Jesus heals people. And I have to challenge you to say today and say, what are people hearing about us? What are people hearing about us? Do they know where to come? Not to come to this church, but to us as people. Do they know that we have the words of life to raise people up from their situations and help them? The woman in the crowd said, if I can just touch his robes, I will be made well. I will be made well. You know, people try everything, but Jesus is usually last on the list. We have to understand that we are pastors to the people in our sphere of influence. You know, wherever you are, whether you're in the workplace, the school, the college, the university, with our neighbours, 
We are, we are their only connection to Christ. When they think of a Christian, they think of you. And that's a really daunting thought. We are Christ wherever we are. That doesn't mean that we're a holy Joe. That doesn't mean that we go around reading our Bible. It doesn't mean that our whole mission in life is to get people in this building. Yes, it is. But Jesus did all his, most of his miracles, Jesus did out in the streets. He wasn't in the temple. He didn't say, well, come to church on Sunday and we'll pray for you. He prayed for them there and then. And our testimony, what is our testimony when we look at our mission? You know, our testimony is sometimes is more powerful than our beliefs. And what I mean by that is seeing something is more powerful than hearing it. Seeing us move in the dynamic of God in people's lives is more powerful than hearing it. Paul said this, he said, My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a powerful demonstration of the Spirit. You know, sometimes we, we get caught up in all the mechanics of what we believe. You know, we, we want to understand every fact about Jesus and everything we do. We look at Scripture and we want to understand it. Every, and we want to understand the whole thing. And there's nothing wrong in that. But revelation is different to understanding. You know, the man had revelation. But he didn't understand how Jesus healed him. But he knew that Jesus could heal his daughter. The woman didn't understand how it was all going to work when he touched the cloak of Jesus. She touched the cloak of Jesus. But she knew in her heart she was going to be healed. And it's interesting that Jarius actually means God gives light. The word means God gives light. So he saw the light. The entrance of God's word brings light. And he, just, he knew that God could do something. You know, I don't fully... I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you fully understand what it means to be saved when you gave your life to Christ? Do you fully understand the significance and effects of water baptism by total immersion? Did you and do you fully understand the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life? Well, I've been saved for a few years, and I have to say, I don't fully understand it. I don't. But I know I'm saved. I know that Jesus hung on a tree for me and he set me free from all my sin. I know, I know that when I was baptised, I was raised with Christ. I know that when I was filled with the Spirit, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I know that. I can't fully, I can't fully explain that to you, but I know it's true. I know it's true. I want to read you a verse from a hymn which I know Dave will appreciate. <laughs> There's a hymn that I used to sing many years ago in church and it was by a guy called William J. Fullerton and it goes like this. I cannot tell how silently he suffered as with this place he graced this place of tears or, ha or how his heart upon the cross was broken the pain of three and thirty years. But this I know, he heals the brokenhearted and stays our lurking sins and calms our fears and lifts the burden from the heavy laden. Yes. For yet the Saviour, the Saviour of the world is here. Yes. 
You know, sometimes we just need to believe. We just need to believe. We just need to know what the Word of God says about us. We don't need to fully understand every single aspect of it, but we need to know that the Word of God is true over our lives. I know what it says, and that is enough. I know what it says, and that is enough. In verse 24, it says, Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing in against him. When Jesus moved, both physically and spiritually, a crowd followed him. And we need to be those who know what it is to move in the anointing of God and the power of God. And I was so blessed when Tilly shared what she shared because sometimes it's just about being very practical, blessing people, giving to people, praying for people, helping people, being kind to people. It's not just bringing them to church. Jesus, as I said, operates in the world, not in the temple. And because we are the representative of Christ, people see us as Christ. You know, people are always watching you as a believer. It's interesting that the lady in the crowd, she went up behind Jesus. She crept up behind him. She didn't want to be seen by him. But she was watching him. She knew who he was and what he did. And... People are watching us and sometimes we forget that our testimony is so powerful. They don't, you know, we, we can get sort of hoodwinked into the way we act together as believers and it's great that we do that together but people who are in the world, they look at us and they think, these people are so different and our little acts of kindness can have such an impact on people's lives. And I was so blessed by Esther when she said about praying for people, you know, we should pray for people. They are really surprised when you offer to do that. They are really surprised. And we sometimes look at people's situations and we think, oh, you know, they're going to be upset or they'll be offended. But I don't think that's true because people's hearts are crying out to see, the, to see Jesus in their lives. You see, people look at us as Christians and there's something attractive about us. They like the way we move about. They like the way that we talk to one another. They like the way that we give to one another. They like the way that we're kind to one another. And that's what the world's crying out for. They're crying out for things like that. Mission mode is not difficult. All we've got to be is just like Jesus. That's all we've got to do. That's all we've got to do. It's so simple. We've just got to be like Jesus in the world. He went around doing good. I love the fact that when Jesus is on the way to uh, Jairus' daughter, there's this situation just comes in from the side. You know, this lady just comes in from the side. And he's not deflected by it at all. And it wasn't the robe that healed the lady. It was Jesus. It wasn't some sort of magical cloak he had on. (laughs) But he didn't only heal her. He totally restored her. He looked for her and he said, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. Wonderful. She had a very positive confession. 
In other versions, it says, she kept saying, she was thinking, she said to herself. And I just believe that as in, we're in, when we're in mission mode, our confession needs to be positive all the time. That doesn't mean that we lie. But, and I, I don't believe the woman went around saying, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I just need Jesus to heal me. But she tried everything. And then she realized that Jesus was the only answer. And we need to be those who confess the word of God over our lives and that we believe what it says. We don't have to understand what it says, but we believe it because God is going to reveal it to us more and more and more. I read a a scripture this morning. I've actually read it all the way through. And it's in James chapter 3, verse 2. And it's about controlling the tongue. And it says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is able to control his whole body. But now, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, horses, we make them obey us, and we also, as we also guide the whole animal. It says, and consider ships. They are very large and driven by fierce winds, and they are guided by a small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a large forest, a small fire ignites, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of the body, and it pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. And it goes on to say... Paul goes on to say, my brothers, James goes on to say, my brothers, these things should not be this way. Does a a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. Wow. I read that and I thought, how do you tame the tongue? Surely it's impossible. You know, speaking positive is not lying. And I don't believe in naming and claiming it. But we need to be those who start to speak positively about ourselves. Because it brushes off. People see that. People in the world see that. And in Luke 6.44 it says, A good man produces good out of a good storeroom of his heart. An evil man produces evil out of an evil storeroom. And from his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. And I have to ask people today, what's in the storeroom of your heart? What is in the storeroom of your heart? Let me tell you some of the things that are in the storeroom of my heart. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for welfare, not disaster, to give you a hope and a future. I have been young and now I am old. Not too old. I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For nothing is impossible with God. And that's how we tame the tongue. That's how we fill our storeroom with good things. And we guard against, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, you know, we meet people in the world who are not believers, and they speak so much death, doubt, and destruction. But Jesus came to bring the words of life. And we have the words of life in us. But as as believers, we've got to invest in that. 
We've got to take time to invest the words of life in us because then from the overflow of our hearts, our mouth will speak. People will listen to our words. We need to allow the word just to wash through our lives. In verse 30, it talks about Jesus says, Jesus realised in himself that power had gone out from him. Jesus was conscious of the flow of power from his body. It cost him energy. And therefore, I just want to challenge people today and say that power can come and power can go. Power can come and power can go. And being filled with his spirit is not a one-off experience. You know, you say to somebody, are you filled with the spirit? Oh, I was filled back in 76. You know, the revival of 76, I was filled. We need to be those who are constantly being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off experience. In, in Acts, it talks about they were filled with the Spirit. But if you actually look into it, it actually means literally that they were constantly in the process of being filled. And if anyone ever comes to me and says, I'd like to lay hands on you to fill you with the Spirit, I'm, I'm there. Because every opportunity, I want to be full of His Spirit. We need to be those who are in mission mode, not maintenance mode. We need to be those who are not in crisis. You know, we let the Spirit of God drain from us and then all of a sudden there's a crisis. And we're like, let's pray for me, pray for me. We need to be those who are full of the Spirit all the time. Full of the Spirit. Constantly. Constantly. Verse 35 says... While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher anymore? But Jesus wasn't deflected by that because he knew that he had the word of life. He knew the word of life was in him. And so easily we're deflected by things and our mission is to not be deflected. I don't want to be someone who's deflected. He knew that the girl was dead but he knew the word of God in his life and he still went. And that is just amazing because I can't honestly say <laughs> that I would, have, I would have gone, but he was so sure because he was God. And in verse 36, it's, Jesus said to the synagogue leader, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. That must have been so powerful. She isn't dead, as you suppose. She's asleep. Or she is asleep. She, but she was dead. She wasn't asleep. She was dead. You know, she was dead. Definitely dead. She wasn't asleep. She, you know, had too much to drink something. She was dead. But Jesus said to the father, he said... Don't be afraid, only believe. And I think that's a word for some people today here. Don't be afraid, believe. Don't be afraid, believe. Because the words of Jesus are more powerful than death. He is the Lord of life. He created life before death and sin entered the world. His words are more powerful than death. 
Because the power within us is the same power that called the heavens and the earth into being. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So don't be afraid. Believe. When we're out in the streets and we see people, don't be afraid. They've got more to fear about than you. Because you've got the life of Jesus in your lives. You've got the power of God living in you. And they haven't got anything. So don't be afraid. I love that expression when he said, he put them all outside. I'd love to have seen that. I don't think he was polite. But he didn't want people, situations, negative words to deflect him. He put them outside. They laughed at him and he put them out. He didn't want negative confession around him. And as I was praying this morning, God gave me a word. And there's a man here and you're listening to negative confessions at work. Somebody is whispering things in your ear that are very, very negative. And you need to put that man out. You need to not talk to him because he's bringing you down. We've talked about believing and trusting today. We've talked about being filled with the Spirit. We've talked about having a positive confession and seeing ourselves as Christ sees us. And for some of us, we need to make sure that there are things that we've put outside. There's things that we've, we don't get involved in anymore. We've put them aside. Jesus doesn't want them in our lives. It's time for some of us to be filled with the Spirit of God, to know his presence again in our lives and not to be those that are running on empty or crisis mode. It's time for some of us to trust God to know his presence and not to be scared and to develop a more positive confession. So let's just close our eyes. Let us just know that God is for us and that the power of God in our lives is far greater than anything in the world. That we are not to be afraid, but we are to believe, and that to know that the same power, exactly the same power, that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us, and that God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Be encouraged that your testimony is powerful and that the people around you, the people within your sphere of influence, you can reach them for Christ because of who you are. Not because of what you do, because of who you are. Because you are God's chosen people. And God has a plan for us in this town he is going to raise up a mighty expression of his body and we all have a part to play in that because we are all filled with God's spirit. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for who we are in Christ, that we are his anointed ones. And Lord, I just pray that you will give us bravery and opportunity 
to reach out to people. That, Lord, when we see people who are suffering, who are in pain, who are in need, we will know who we are in Christ. And we will know what we have to give them. Father, I just pray that you would stir our hearts this week, that you would give us opportunity, Lord, just to reach out a hand of friendship to somebody and to impart to them the love of Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.